Welcome to the UAC podcast. UAC was founded to create a place for the most successful chiropractors from different backgrounds and around the world who could come together to mastermind and create lifelong lasting friendships. Our profession's unique and surrounding yourself with the genius inside of UAC is a formula to grow personally and professionally into the life you've always known you're capable of achieving. I'm Dr. Alan Miner with Dr. Brian Capra, and this is the best practices section of the UAC podcast. Welcome to Chiropractic's Brain Trust. Hey, everyone. Dr. Brian here. Um, super pumped. This is best practices, and uh, hopefully you will get a little nugget, a little piece of something that you can learn, implement, um, or teach others that can be part of their best practices. So uh, really excited to have John DeVilla on today. Uh, we go way back. John, we've seen, we have some really good stories together, but, um, uh, and I know you have so much information and you've, you've already added a lot of value to the UAC group, just bringing with your expertise and knowledge. Uh, we just had an amazing event uh, in New Orleans and man, the, the genius in the room, but uh, you're one of the big ones there. You bring a unique perspective uh, working with as many doctors as you do. So, I know it may be hard, but try to pick something that uh, docs hearing today um, could implement in their practice or learn or maybe gain a new perspective onto their practices, given all your experience. And John, before you yeah. start, so if somebody doesn't know who you are, give a, just a quick background. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. and, and then <laughs> jump in, please. Yeah, Sure. I'm a, I'm a Palmer 94 graduate in Davenport, uh, practiced in Myrtle Beach uh, for 13, 14 years, something like that. And then started finding uh, reasons why people were getting denied for claims, uh, especially myself, and then started to learn the inside as to why. So, you know, when it comes down to um, the reasons why people get denied claims or the reason why people get asked for documentation, it started to dawn on me that there was a bunch of things that were, that were different compared to what I was doing uh, beforehand and then what I was doing after I learned. And that started to be the the uh the beginning of what needed to be a change because what's funny is uh especially when i when i try and teach this stuff because uh i mean I, I don't know if you guys know this but in, in sometime may or june next year i'll hit two million miles on delta which is not really <laughs> a badge of honor that's a massive <laughs> i glow at night by the way but i'm just saying but um but what's what's funny about that is because i travel so much i see so many different people What's interesting about it is you start to see that the that the the complaints and the and the worries are the same regardless of whether or not the doctor is a cash practice or insurance based or PI. It's it's it really becomes a, a worry, right? Do I have the right thing? And what I mean by you know in my world, whether it's cash or insurance, what I mean by that is it's a documentation risk management issue. And if you have the right information, you have the best scenario. So when anyone complains, here's my stuff and you're done. So I think one of the, one of the biggest things that I've learned, I've learned le recently is, um, is really trying to understand what other people think. And I think that's really the, the biggest issue that we forget. That we, we, we have our thought process, we have our mindset, and we're trying to do what we want to do over and over and over again because we're trying to, you know, affect our, you get this big effect on our communities. The only problem is from a risk management standpoint, it's not what we think that's the problem. It's what other people see when they look at what we do, that's the problem. 
So, you know, one of the things you could really look at, and I, and I just had this this weekend uh, when I was teaching in Florida, it was it was really interesting to have this conversation with about, you know, 70, 80 docs in the room. And I go, you know, what's the biggest reason why people don't respond to a letter from, let's say, Medicare or from mm -hmm. anybody for that matter? And the answer wasn't that they were they were worried about getting denied. They were worried about anything, anything else other than I don't know if my notes really match what's supposed to be there. And mm -hmm. The, the question isn't now, well, do you, should you have the best notes? The question from an expansion standpoint, right? How do you get to that next level? The question is, well, what do you do from a mindset standpoint to make sure that you don't have that worry? Because from a mindset standpoint, it, it gets to be the point where you just, you're afraid and you won't expand. You won't really, really push because you know, as soon as you push, the universe is going to push you back. And if you don't have the ability to go ahead and answer that push, then people will just kind of like, how can I say this? We'll kind of like cruise. They John, if I'm not going forward, are you? If I tease out what you're saying, one of the things cap capping a lot of practices from growing is they're not confident in their liability of note taking, so they're almost subconsciously sabotaging themselves. Absolutely, and, and I know that's, that's crazy. I've never heard anybody that, relate that notes, notes, Medicare, Medicaid, you insurance. Know. To practice growth. I've never heard that connection before in all my years in chiropractic. Well, I mean, you know what's well, funny? If I could add to that too, John, yes. uh, you, and you know this <laughs> very well, we see the same thing on, on the Genesis side where we ask, we'll ask doctors, hey, you've seen all these patients and you have thousands of visits you've never billed. What's going on? Like there's just claims that even if we did nothing for you to help, you're going to get a bunch of money if you just submit the claim. And it comes down to they're just scared. They're just scared of what happens when they hit the button because they don't really understand the whole thing. They don't really understand. And I think you bring up an excellent point is to understanding what the other side is looking for. It's not a war. They're not trying. Mm -mm. They don't want to put you in jail. <laughs> like, no, they don't. They, they, so, they so just get out. Yeah. yeah. Let me, let me tell you how I perceive it, which I think is in line with a lot of chiropractors. And then I love you to say, yeah, you're right in line or no, this is where you're wrong. I run cash practices primarily. We do a little bit of personal injury. Um, so what I was always taught is you have to do an exam, um, document that. The findings you have uh, need to match the areas you found problems with. Mm -hmm. And then your treatment needs to correlate with those areas. So the neck's not, the range of motion's not right. So I'm going to code for something saying there's a problem in the neck. And yeah. then my treatment is going to be related to the neck in my notes need to need to have that congruency. I know that's a big oversimplification. Bringing our members innovative resources to help you grow professionally and strengthen your practice is important. That is why UAC highly recommends our partner in payments, Fortis. Fortis offers cutting edge payment solutions to optimize your practice with the ability to customize and run auto debit and one-time payments, along with many more innovative features like stored card vault, shared card, split payments, and pay links. Fortis serves thousands of chiropractic practices nationwide and is a key tool in the purpose-filled journey to run a successful high-volume practice. And even better, they integrate with many leading EHRs. For a free rate analysis, email Fortis today at chiro at fortispay.com. That's F-O-R-T-I-S-Pay.com. And just mention UAC. So then can you 
color commentate what, what am I missing in that oversimplification or what's often missed in that arc or where do people misstep and that that keep them from growing because of what Brian just said. Now they're subconsciously going my notes. I'm not, I'm nervous. They're even going to stand up against anything. So I don't want to send them out. Right. So that may be, okay, here's the thing. There's the difference between someone who's been out a while versus someone who, who has not. Right. So we deal with a lot of new graduates and when they come out, there's a, there's a phrase that I always say to them. Uh, if you didn't write it down, it didn't. And they always finish the word with happen. Right. They're, they're not infected with that bug of, we'll call it practice, right? The, the bug of practice where they've seen it over and over again. So that, so if you give these, these people a process, they'll continue with the mindset that if it didn't write it down, it didn't happen. They don't know that once you get out of that and you, and you're, believe it or not, you're, you're one of the fewer percentage of people that actually have that thought process down, I would say. Um, the majority of people that we see that come to us don't really take notes in a way in which it makes sense um, because they use the same as last treatment button. And it's the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, because the problem is that no one's ever asked them for anything in so long that they don't care or they're a self-pay patient and no one cares. And it doesn't really make sense until you start to step back from what you've done and sit there and you go, okay, wait a second, hold on. The only person who's ever going to ask me for notes is going to be in a self-pay situation, right? Is going to be the board, right? So my question at that point in time, when I talk to someone is, well, if they did, what would you be able to give them? Because note review is no different from a DUI. I mean, you get hammered at the bar, you get in the car, you drive home. The first person to ask you what your blood alcohol level is, is the cop, right? And by then it's too late. The same thing in this situation from a, from a documentation standpoint, in the back of their mind, the doctor has gone from, if I didn't write it did, down, it didn't happen, right? To no one's asked me for anything and I've become lazy, right? Which is a, just a, a, not an overgeneralization, just yeah. what's happened, yeah. right? So at that point in time, they've started to drop things out. And because they drop things out, they know in the back of their head that, hey, you know, if someone asks me, I may not have everything. And when I, and I know this for a fact, because when I go teach this, I ask that question because the numbers lay it out, right? So when Medicare asks for documentation, the post-payment denial rate's 82%. So after hundred claims are paid, 82 out of hundred get denied. But here's the thing, you ready? Of that 82, file, 82 claims that are denied, 88 are because no one responded. Hmm. 88% of the claims because no one responded. So what does that mean? That means that people are just like, I don't know. So I'm just not going to do anything. The only problem with that is if you don't respond, that's an automatic denial. You got to pay the money back anyway. Where what that means is 12% are getting all the approvals. Yeah. So, so the truth is, is that they're not, like Brian says, they're not sending people to jail for this. And if you do take, do take decent notes, you are probably going to win. So it's all in the process. I think in the transition from new graduate into I've done this for so long, I used to have this thought process of I do everything and I write it down because if I didn't write it down, it didn't happen into I kind of take shortcuts because no one's bothering me. And, you know, it, it, that's, a, that's a process that people have got to look at and say, okay, I, I'm done with that. And I go back. And what's funny is when we, when we work with people and we get them to that process, we've seen them actually do a couple different things. And this is 
this is one of the situations that'll happen uh, with people that work with us and people that I see over and over again at different seminars and they implement. Because when I go teach, I don't give them like part of it. Like here's everything, go do it, right? So what's funny is when I talk to friends of mine that have like fraternity brothers of mine at, 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 at I tell them, you know, what's going on. They come back to me and they go, the data is the same. They come back to me and tell me what the data is. And it's the same as my clients, right? They see less patients, but they make more money because they didn't know where their holes were as far as where they were seeing patients for free when they shouldn't have, where their documentation didn't match, where they were having seeing patients, but their denied claims were coming in. They didn't know. And what, if you, if you take all of that, what ends up happening, Alan, isn't just the fact that it's just mindset. It's also a clutter issue, right? So if you're seeing patients for free because you're afraid to send claims in, that's a clutter issue creating clutter that doesn't allow you to see more new ones. And now you're John, quick, people from a dollar standpoint. It makes perfect sense, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's a question. What's a, a, a cash practice? Seen somebody for eight years on wellness. Mm-hmm. They just have their notes salted, repeated. Yeah, yeah. What, should, what should they be doing uh, on a simple level, like what should be in those notes, um, you know, to, so that's not the same note uh, reprinted, you know, for seven years. Okay. Watch this. Um, one of my favorite, well, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. One of my favorite clients ever, uh, he had this happen. He, he was really, really busy and he got asked for notes. And, uh, when he got asked for notes for a patient that was a self-pay patient, right? Uh, he had a problem because he did, he wasn't taking notes. It was like salt, 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 salt. And the documentation didn't match the note, right? And it got to the point where it, it was just it, the salt, 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 salt. It wasn't a note. It was just segments, like a date and segments, right? So when the board got a hold of it, they're like, hey, wait a second. There's nothing really in here that makes sense. Uh, why aren't you taking notes the way you're supposed to? And his answer was, I'm too busy. And to be fair, I mean, he's seeing eight, 900 a week and he was, he was busy. Now, the board says, you got to hire someone to watch you. He calls me up. Will you come watch me? Sure. No problem. So like a babysitter, I'm sitting there watching him and believe it or not, it depends on the code, right? So in 98940 land for active care, he takes a certain note and that note is to measure improvement. Cause you're going to, you could send that to an insurance company or just for, to show that the patient's improving in wellness care. It's a different code. It's S8990. And that code just talks about how I don't expect any change. Right, because really the difference between active care and wellness care is what I expect as the provider, not what the patient's going to give me. What I expect? Do I expect change? Yes or no? So, in this situation, he was using the wrong code and then sitting there trying to answer questions that there was no improvement to be had when there was no improvement to be had. You know what I mean? If he would, if so, he would have had the right code, he would have made yeah, life has, a lot so, easier. Yeah, on yeah, no kidding. So all we had to do was change one code, and then all of a sudden he was practicing eighty percent wellness care anyway. So we changed one code and then we just changed the, 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 the actual structure of the note. And it became like a two button note because the patient didn't have any change. If there's no change, there's no reason to use 98940, which is going to ask me for same, better, worse, and then why compared to the last visit? You don't even need to answer that code, answer those questions for that code. So believe it or not, when we got, I went back and I, I changed that one thing with them in one day, went back to him and then timed him for about, uh, about a day and a half, about how long it took him to do an active care note versus wellness care note. At 80% wellness care for 800 patient visits a week, that one change saved him 13 and a half days a year in time that he was hitting a button that made no sense. Wow. 
and now compliant and covering his ass. And now he's CYA, <laughs> correct, exactly. So in this John game, Wall- it's it's totally it's one of those things. People think that from a compliance standpoint, like they talk to me, I'm going to sit there and beat them with a compliance stick for six hours. Like I'm going to beat you, beat you, beat you, beat you, because you're out of you're bad, you're bad, you're bad. That's not the situation. Like the whole idea of compliance is that I give you the stick of compliance so you can beat your patients with it. So because because <laughs> you need to understand what you need to do. It's not it's you that needs yeah. to you know control everything else around you, not you know someone else beating you into submission. That's not how it works. Last question. We'll let you go because I know you got a bunch of these. What's the worst scenario you've been brought into that was that had the simplest solution? You know, I'm sure you've seen it all from doctors doing some really dumb oh, shit. Yeah. But what's the one that's like, that was really dumb, but all like what you almost just shared. If they just yeah. would have done this, they would have saved themselves all that headache. Yeah, over-documenting. Oh. Now, <laughs> now I'm going to say that, and then the answer is over-documenting. So here's what happens, right? People will go to seminars, and the reason why they hate my topic, and I, and I get it, is because they're always told, well, put this in, put this in, put this in, put this in. And they put all this stuff in and they document, document, document. At the end, they step away from the computer and go, uh, I don't know what this is. Okay, it looks like it's enough. And then they hit send and they're done, right? I had this with one guy in New York, New York State. And what was funny was he went to like 15 different seminars and then went to some place where a Medicare uh, rep was, was going through it. And he added all the stuff, his note, his daily note, not, a, not an email, his daily note was almost a page and a half long. And then he was wondering why, you know, why am I getting denied? Well, I had to sit back and go, wait a second. Remember the, uh, the idea of what they think of you is more important, right? Well, in this situation, I don't care what you do. If you see someone once a week for three years, it's never going to be medically necessary. The reason being is because there's no change. The patient's the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, the same, the same. All we had to do was stop him from billing implement a new system, explain to him what medical necessity was, and then say, okay, restart the process. And as soon as he did that, he's like, oh my God, my notes are like two seconds long and I can, and I'm getting paid and the patients are paying for, oh, so it really wasn't my notes, was it? Like, no, it wasn't. It was what they think of you because of what you build them. And once we fixed that one thing and he fixed that one thing, it was, it was so simple. And that was probably 30 minute conversation to be able to understand, understand what it is. So the, the biggest problem is over-documenting because you're trying to prove something you just can't. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll give a quick just plug for, for Genesis and other EHR systems. That sure makes your life a lot easier when you just have a really good EHR system that can plug this stuff in. It simplifies so many steps. It's, uh, it's just the, the world today. John, if somebody's like, oh my gosh, I need to find this guy. I got some questions. How do they look you up? Do you have a website? How do they, yeah, email? What, yeah. what's the best way? Customchirosolutions.com or you can email us info at customchirosolutions.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, all that stuff as well. But I will say this about, about Genesis. What's funny is the first conversation that Brian, the first part of the conversation that Brian talked about was, you know, people don't bill. That was actually the first case Brian and I worked on. You remember that one? And the, <laughs> yeah. the, seriously, Alan, I swear to you, and Brian's gonna watch Brian says he's gonna shake his head. The first guy did over almost 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 over, it was like just about a million dollars a year in cash, but had another six or seven hundred thousand dollars in insurance. He never billed, but he did the adjustments for <laughs> True or false? Out of fear. Out of fear. True just or false? True? true. No exaggeration. Nope. Nope. That's exactly what happened. And all you had to do is come back and sit him back and go, wait a second. Why didn't you set hit the send button? Uh, I was afraid I didn't have everything. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, John, we love you. You're the epitome of uh, 
what UAC is about. Uh, you know, there's so many different people from different corners of the profession doing so many different things. And uh, we, we love you, man. We love your genius. Thank you for dropping those nuggets. I know a lot of people are going to, are going to make more money and, and from just listening to what you shared today. Thank make you. Make more time. Man. Make more time. How about Thanks, that? Thanks brother. Even better. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Awesome, guys. We'll see you soon. Yeah. I hope, I hope you see you soon. <laughs> All right, bro. Yeah. Peace.